A very big hello everyone, I'm Duncan Dornoff and welcome to episode 67 of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights podcast. It's great to have your company. Two meetings in Tasmania this weekend. We've got an eight race card in Hobart on Friday night getting underway at 20 minutes past six to be shown on Sky Racing 2. And then we head to Launceston, 10 races on Sunday evening, 5.35 the first race. That race on Sky Racing 2, the last nine on Sky Racing 1. That meeting features heats of the Bambox, Globe Derby, Granny Smith and Raider Stakes. And of course, uh, in a change uh, from tradition, there'll be uh, another heat for each series in Hobart next uh, Sunday night. Pretty much with the exception of the Granny Smith, the fields uh, that we have this weekend will be the horses contesting that race because one of the conditions you had to nominate for Launceston. So the only race with ballots was the Granny Smith. So there'll be some horses there that'll be selected first uh, that were balloted from that series. I'm unsure on what that number was. And uh, the only horses that definitely won't be there next week in Hobart are the winners because they are ineligible to contest the uh, second heats of those four races. So looking forward to that. We'll touch on that uh, program in Launceston a little bit later on in the podcast. Dylan Ford will join us to have a look at his drives on that program. He's got a couple in those size stakes heats. Before we have a look back at Launceston on Sunday night, we will acknowledge the achievement of Ben Yull, who became the first Tasmanian and only the third Australian trainer to prepare 300 winners in a 12-month season. The feat came after the win of Mac Charm at Kilmore on Wednesday night. Yol, of course, on his way to uh, claim his seventh consecutive Tasmanian State Trainers Premiership, currently with 243 wins uh, for 2022. Of course, as we've touched on previously, Yol has commenced a satellite stable in Victoria, which has had great success. He's had 52 winners in Victoria and uh, a couple over the border in New South Wales as well. So his 52 wins in Victoria does seem in the top 10 trainers in that state. Uh, he does lead the Australian Trainers Premiership as he searches back-to-back wins in that title, becoming the first Tasmanian to secure that last year. Other trainers to train 300 winners in a 12-month season include Grant Dixon with 340 wins in the 2018-2019 season and Emma Stewart trained 309 in the 2017-2018 season. Yoel recently broke a national record for the most number of starters in a season throughout Australia and tonight in Hobart he will... uh, break a record for the most number of starters in a season in Tasmania. So he'll chalk that up uh, in race two, uh, having a look at uh, his uh, numbers there. So congratulations to Ben and his large team on both sides of Bass Strait for that 300th winner for the 2022 season. Let's look back at Launceston last Sunday. There were 10 races and we kicked it off with a two-year-old and Tony Peterson Continued his dominance in two-year-old races in recent weeks with the win of Firecracker Nola, making it back-to-back wins. She's the daughter of Captain Treacherous and was driven by Dylan Ford, who positioned a one-out and three-back and got a nice cut into the race from the 600-metre mark to go on and score by five-and-a-half metres and a mile rate of 2.1.5 over Scarlet Place and Wave Stride. Firecracker Nola, the quickest last half of the race in 59.84 and her last quarter of 29.8 also the quickest of the race. 
Race two on the card, and uh, it was taken out by the Benyol trained Ryan Backhouse, driven South Shore. Of course, I did uh, mention to Ryan when he came back off the track that since he was on the podcast, he's driven three winners in the space of a week. Uh, South Shore was able to use his good gate speed from a good draw to lead, and uh, after getting uh, away with a 33-6 first quarter, he's always going to be hard to run down, defeating Bridwood Bella who was the race favourite, who had a uh, poor draw in the second row and settled back in the field. It was a good run to finish within 4.7 metres of the winner. And her sectionals were pretty good as well. The quickest last half of the race in 57.14 and 28.58, the quickest last 400 of the race as well. Race 3 saw Just Tiger break through and collect his uh, first win Tazbred bonus in the uh, maiden event. Was set out the $1.50 favourite rangeman Caleb Williams was happy to lead up the one wide line, took over turning for home and was too good by just under seven metres. A very slow uh, first lap in that event of uh, a 45-8 lead time and then a 34-1 first quarter. So sitting parked uh, wasn't really much of a deterrent with those slow sections and just Tiger breaking through for win one at start four. The Ugly Sister finished fifth. 58.75 for the last half mile. And Dragon Blood, who finished 8th, got home the quickest last 400 metres in 28.54. That took us to race 4, the trainer's encouragement pace, taken out by Seal the Destiny for trainer driver Mark Yole. A five-year-old girl to son of Falcon Silster recording his 10th career win at start 55, his first win on Tasmanian soil. Of course, things didn't go to script uh, early on in his campaign in Tasmania, but with a few handy performances in recent weeks, it was a uh, an overdue win. He sent out the $1.85 favourite. He said one out and four back before being three wide from the 900 metre mark to score over Jackson, Neptune and Major Davin. 56.98 was his last half mile, the quickest of the race. The runner-up, Jackson, Neptune, the quickest last 400 in 28.85. Race five on the program was taken out by Montana Storm for trainer driver Rowan Hillier. The gilded son of Bettis Delight had a freshen up since his last start fifth on August 28 and was given the run of the race one out and one back before being produced three and four wide around the 300 metre point. Looked like the pace was always going to get there, but he used every centimetre of the home straight to grab Buster William in the shadows of the post with a head margin between that duo at the business end of the race. From a sectional perspective, Young Rooster, 56.74, the quickest last uh, half of the race, and the quickest last quarter went the way of AHA Reaction in 28.26. But all honours with uh, Montana Storm finding uh, winning form in uh, race number five. Race six saw a rough result with what about Spanger saluting around the $14 quote. He drew barrier one. Jacob Duggan settled in behind the leader and he got out in plenty of time to defeat uh, Crystal, who was the early leader. He's raised a sharp back in third spot. Pantano's stride fourth was 57.07 for his last half mile. He's raised a sharp 28.68, the quickest last quarter of that race. The seventh race on the program, a rating 50 to 53 event, was taken out by Juniper. For the old stable, Nathan Ford in the sulky board, this uh, better's delight mare, who was uh, one out and three back before getting a nice three-wide card into the race at the 8.50 metre mark. And she was too good late in a 30-second quarter, a 30-second final quarter, I should say. 
From the sectionals to the lookout, 57.71, the quickest last half, despite finishing 7th. And Tezabolski leaves, who was first up from a break, ran here last quarter in 29.1. We rounded out the quaddy with race 8, taken out by Fury Dan. In that combination, Ben Yol and Nathan Ford again. Fury Dan is a gilded son of Art Major, was uh, able to lead. Kick clear at the top of the home straight, but was all out late, clinging on to a half-head win over the stablemates written in silk and be good. Benny, of course, Fury Dan got a first quarter in 34.3. So after that soft fair circuit, it was going to be hard to run down. Cynical Jermaine finished fifth, got home in 58.27, got the goods was sixth, got home in 29.01. Race nine was also an up to 44 rated event taken out by the Benyold trained Mitch Ford driven star rocker, was crossed early, settled behind the leader, was able to work into the clear around the 600 metre mark and raced away late to score by 13 and a half metres. It was a bit of a survival of the fittest late. Uh, the last half mile for Star Rocker, who was the quickest of the race in a sedate 60.8 and 30 seconds even for his last uh, quarter. And we rounded out the night with race 10, a rating 45 to 49 event taken out by Mac Angelo. Another winner for that man again, Ben Yell, Mitch Ford, the winning rangeman. Uh, settled outside the leader before taking cover and getting shuffled back to one out and two back hit near the mile mark, but swept to the leader around the home bend and held off the late challenger somehow, some way by 1.8 of a metre in what was a, a pretty uh, slow last to 400 metres, 31.2. Somehow, some way, he settled back in the field, the quickest last half in that race of 59.56 and 30.5. but was also the quickest last 400 metres. Having a look at interstate this weekend at Melton tonight, uh, of course, uh, with the Geelong Cup on Saturday, that Metro meeting at Melton uh, tonight, coinciding with the Manicardo and that big meeting at Launceston on Sky Racing 1 as well in the thoroughbred world. But we've got in the second race, Rock and Tommy Rules and Hayden Bromack. Cosimo lines up in race 8, Arden Rowan Oak race 10. The Geelong Cup at Group 2 level on Saturday night, Willie Go West has got some Tasmanians amongst his ownership and we all know the uh, Mick Maxfield owned Max Delight also lining up in that race. And at Menangle on Saturday night, the opening race in the card, Isaiah lines up there. I uh, forgot to mention Ignatius last week. Uh, he went round uh, on uh, Sunday morning our time in Australia when finishing fourth in the $250,000 US uh, Invitational at Yonkers in New York. The race was over a mile and a quarter, so something... We don't see a lot of uh, in the uh, American Harness game, certainly something I haven't took a lot of notice on for over there in the Northern Hemisphere in, in the US of races further than a mile. But this one was over a mile and a quarter where they ran a time of 2.20 and three fifths, breaking the world record for a mile and a quarter race of 2.21.3. That was set back in 2018. I did go to have a look to see if that's uh, specifically a mile and a quarter or if they have a, a group allowance to allow Australia and other states or other countries, I should say, that uh, race over various different distances to the US in their their miles and mile and a quarter. So either way, it was a world record. The race was run by the Australian bred None Better, driven by Dexter Dunn and Ignatius. We don't have to wait long for him to line up again. He lines up on Tuesday morning, our time in Australia, 
in a $39,000 open class race at Yonkers. A little bit closer to home, nominations for the upcoming Harness Shielding Sale at Carrick Park. Uh, the nominations for that sale close on December 2 with Taz Racing. So I know they did send out a text message uh, during the week, but if you want your horse in the sale, make sure uh, you uh, nominate for that with Ange Barrett or Shirley Ma. And there's also an expression of interest out uh, for those looking at the uh, Carrick Training Centre facilities that are now almost complete. Uh, Lee Dornoff with the Carrick Park Pacing Club. Uh, yeah, contacts there. You can also get in contact with the team at Taz Racing who are handling all the lease agreements for that new training facility at Carrick Park. A break on the podcast, Dylan Ford on the other side, and we'll try and nail the quaddy at Launceston on Sunday night. Tazracing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian harness racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by Tazracing.com.au. Well, it's a big night of harness racing in Launceston on Sunday night. We've got heats of the Globe Derby, the Bambox, Granny Smith and Raider Stakes. And joining us to have a look at their drives across the 10 races is Rainsman Dylan Ford. Dylan, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Duncan. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Really excited that these big races are just round the corner. Let's have a look at your drives. We kick it off in the first event. With Young Rooster from the Yole Stable, it's a, a small field, but it's a, a pretty even race. Yeah, very even race, and um, yeah, there's a few in that are, that are flying under the radar a bit, so it's a pretty even race, um, and the small field makes it even trickier, so he raced well probably two starts ago when I drove him, but um, we'll need a lot of luck. Right, over to race four, Pawnbroker's latest drive here. He's come up with Barrier 4, he's... Been amongst the placings of late, but he comes up against a, a pretty even field of nice Tazbred three-year-olds. Yeah, he does. He's super consistent um, without winning. Um, I think he's only had uh, 16 starts and probably been out of the check four times. Um, he's super consistent. He'll pop up if he makes that final. Um, I mean, with the right sort of draw, he'll, he'll make his presence felt, but just from the draw... Um, we need a lot of luck to run top top three, that's for sure. Out of the four series, we've got of the Taz spread. The one I'm looking forward to the most is the Granny Smith. You've got the drive here on most perfect major. She's won two out of her last three. Uh, the last start effort in Hobart, what did you make of that? Was that just more or less the poor draw and the, the solid tempo up front? Yeah, the poor draw. Um, I found her a bit tricky to drive it um, through the middle stages of the race, just with the tempo. Um, but her last hundred, um, she was weaving from. So, um, yeah, she was tricky to drive, but back to Mayor's grade, um, she'll be thereabouts. In the first heat of the Raider Stakes, got the drive on Ilac Beach. He's a, a, a top pacer when he produces his best. We saw that in Hobart two starts ago. What went wrong after the start last time? Um, I just think the mobile was going a little bit slower than, than normal. Um, yeah, he's, he's normally pretty good off the gate and he sort of got a little bit revvy. And by the time the gate left, um, he was probably going a little bit too quick for himself. Um, I probably sort of pulled him off balance a little bit, but um, he's one horse I'm looking forward to driving through uh, in this series. Yeah, he's got Barry too on the second row given his ODM status, uh, but he has performed well at some 
top level in New South Wales, contesting a few group ones there. So no doubt you'll be hoping to get a, a decent barrier draw in the final in a couple of weeks. Yeah, if um, it's all about making the final and... Um yeah, if he, if he drew good in the final and he could take a sit on, on Longfellow if he gets back to its best or something like that, he'd, he'd give him a shake. I, I think he's going super. Another horse uh, that looks like uh, he's on the way up is Leonard Skinner. He's been good in two runs in Tasmania, but does rising grade here. But boy, oh boy, you must be happy with the draw. Oh, this, you know, I'm very excited about what this horse could do um, over the next few months, especially in this summer period. Um, Steve's done a super job with him. Um, yeah, it is a rising class, but I don't think that'll be an issue for him. Yeah, do you see him in free for all class in the next month or two? I do, I do. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had a couple of conversations with Steve, and he won't rush him. Um, his sort of plan is to get him qualified from a stand, so country cups will probably be on the radar first and um, just pick his way through the grade because I think down the track he'll, he'll make a nice free-for-all to here. Yeah, certainly looks that way. What we've seen uh, him do in his two runs to date, you take the drive on Sporty Ben in race eight. He's got a, a nice trailing draw when he uh, resumes from the break here. Yeah, he was um, sort of disappointing his last start and trial. Um He's, he's had a freshen up. I've spoke to the Rand boys. Um, they're quite happy with him, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Their horses normally go good first up. You resumed your training career at Bernie back on October 7 with Eye on the Bulling. He was a, a dominant winner there, but uh, admittedly when you lead at Bernie and get a soft half, you're, you're halfway home. Yeah, it was only at Bernie, but he sort of meets, a, I think, a similar field. Um He's got a good draw. He, he may find the top, and if he does that, he'll give him something to chase. Um, I sort of have a knack of getting off mum and dad and improving him, so hopefully he can keep going. Uh, as far as your training career goes, is how many you got in work, and what's the plan there? Uh, I've got three. Um, I probably won't have many more. Um, it's just, just nice to have your own, and... Um, yeah, just a couple of mum and dad were sort of on the way out with, so I sort of had a good connection with Gary Rogers and, um, yeah, just just keep me interested a little bit more. Right, Owen, in the last race you got the drive on some Dan. He hasn't had much like his last couple. He uh, galloped very badly in Hobart two starts ago, galloped out in the stand last time out, so uh, hopefully you can get him just to score up to start with. Yeah, that'll be uh, the main focus, but um, geez, getting a long way back in grade. Um, yeah, I'm sure if he, he got the right run and the, the right sum down turned up, um, he'd be more than competitive. Who's the best winning chance, Dylan? I've got a feeling it'll be in race seven. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Leonard Skinner. Yeah, looks a promising horse. So a few promising horses you've got on the way up, Dylan. You might have a a problem or two in a couple of months of who you'll be driving in these open class races, so not a bad problem to have, and best of luck throughout the Sire Stakes series. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Let's find some weekend winners now. Hobart, the venue for harness racing on Friday night. One special there, that is IC Double. Race four, number four. Looks well placed over the sprint trip. Six of his 12 wins have been over that short distance, and six wins on the Hobart track as well. 
including the wing two starts back and coming back to the front row here. I thought, look, to the uh, special on the card, which looks to be a tough night for punters in the capital tonight. Launceston, let's have a look at the Quaddy Legs Race 5. His heat, one of the Collins Holmes, Granny Smith. Melon Rowley on top. She's had two starts this year. That was in the Spring Championship Series where she was a dominant winner. In the uh, $20,000 final back on September 3, she jumped on top and dashed home in a 57-2 last half mile to score by 15 metres. She's only had the two runs this year going back three starts ago. She was third in the uh, band box behind Baruga Rock and Nova Baxter. And uh, given she's won eight from 12 and the dominant wins, admittedly she had soft runs uh, during the first circuit. That uh, the uh, dominance of those wins late in uh, back in August and September, I think she looks the way to go here. Seven is uh, Nova Baxter's been racing. She's done four over past five. She's got a wide draw to contend with. His first up off a, uh, a break here has had three trials, including a Hobart trial victory back in October 10. and was only 10 metres behind Lip Reader in a trial last Saturday. At number five, most perfect major got a long way back last time out from a wide draw and it's been racing consistently over the uh, winter months while some of these horses have been in the spelling paddock. And number eight, forgot the wallet rounds out my top four, 10, 7, 5 and 8. Race six is heat one of the Taz Freight Raider Stakes over 2,200 metres. Now, interesting to note, the finals for both the Granny Smith and the Raider Stakes are 2,200 metres, of course, in Devonport, uh, those finals used to be over the 2,600 metres, but uh, for one reason or another, they've been brought back in trip for the finals this year. Uh, my numbers here are 3, 9, 8, and 2. Longfellow goes on top, of course. The Easter Cup winner from two starts ago. Now, he finished 12th at Melton last time out in the popular arm free for all, virtually the Victoria Cup consolation when he was first up. Uh, I did have a look on the HRV website. His sectionals were... Still a sub-56 for his last half mile. And from the front row draw, I'm putting him on top. Got a lot of respect for the two second row runners, Nine Ilac Beach. We saw him at his brilliant best in Hobart two starts ago where he he uh, ran the gate well from out wide to lead and still dashed home in 57-4. Ben galloped out to, to Hobart back on March 9, soon after the start, and was placed in a recent character trial behind Lip Breeder when they dashed up the straight in 58-3. Lancelot returned to his best uh, in Launceston last time out, and two Stormy Sands that uh, runs out my top four, so three, nine, eight, and two there. Race seven, Leonard Skinner picks himself, does rise in class, but Dylan did fill me with a lot of confidence when we just had a chat with him. He's two from two in Australia. And from the front row draw on his brilliant gate speed, he looks the one to beat here. Nine, being Major Lester. He finished uh, fifth last time out in Launceston where he uh, settled uh, one out and two back. He was three wide from a 700 metres and kept whacking away late. Gets a nice trailing draw here. Beam me up, Chopper comes back to the front line and Deadly Assassin. Uh, went into the Black Book last start, rounds out my top four there, but... Leonard Skinner should be winning that 2, 9, 3 and 11. And we round out the quad over rating 50 to 54 event over the 16, 80 metre journey. Queen of Dance on top, of course. Uh, she's been thereabouts of late, finished third last time out behind Juniper where she was three wide for the 900 metre point and uh, kept whacking away late. 
didn't get a lot of luck in Hobart the start prior and had been runner-up in uh, four runs prior to that from the pole draw. Uh, I'm going to put Hare on top, but I do have a slight concern with Hare poor sprint trip record of only one win from 29 starts. Uh, 10 Sporty Ben's fair start for the Lee Rand stable. He hasn't been seen since late June. Couldn't find any trials for him, but I'm sure the Rand stable have him spot on for a fair start assignment. Two of the lookouts, one two out of his past four, and Vigoroso next best, one ten six and three. I think we can skinny the quaddy up with my two specials, and look, they're both going to be red figures. I don't like doing this, but um, Longfellow because of the barrier draw, and Leonard Skinner should be up on the speed too. So race six, number three, race seven, number two. As I said, they're going to be red figures. I don't like doing that, but. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky meeting outside of a few of those races. So that wraps up the podcast for another week. Appreciate your company and look forward to uh, recapping the first uh, heats of the Granny Smith Raider Stakes Bandbox and Globe Derby with you next week.